dog. Listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM. Coming up next is Fight the Empire. But first, a few messages from our station managers. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning to our KBOO community. You're listening to KBOO Portland. This is Jenny Yokoyama, one of your interim station co-managers. I'm here just to let you all know uh, that we actually have some sad news for KBOO that I'm here to announce the end of Press Watch. I know that last time Teresa Mitchell, your host, uh, was on air, that she had announced that she was going to be taking a break from Press Watch. But recently, she let us know that she's decided to retire from her show. And so it will actually not be returning to air. And so I know that this is definitely the end of an era here at KBU as Press Watch is a long time uh, show here on the air here and was definitely a staple of our programming. And I know was a favorite by so many. I just wanted to uh, give a big thank you to Teresa Mitchell, host of Press Watch, for all her years of dedication and hard work, and just for bringing such quality radio to KBU. Uh, if you had actually never heard Press Watch, uh, it was a show that uh, where Teresa, well, basically she took on the media and she... Uh, she, she just called it out. And I know that I'm going to miss hearing Teresa's voice on the air and all the truth that she brought to our airwaves. And so I hope that everyone is uh, going to take this time to give a big thank you to Teresa to support her in her decision and to respect her decision uh, to retire her show, which I know, you know, she had spent so much time on is 
definitely a um, a hard decision to make when people do make that decision. But uh, here at KBU, we always want to respect the wishes of our volunteers and appreciate them more than anything for all that they brought to our community. So again, thank you so much to Teresa Mitchell. Thank you so much to all of our supporters of Press Watch and to all the listeners. Uh, we will have something up on our KBU website, um, on our blog with a little bit more of an explanation. Um, I know that some people are probably wondering why uh, Teresa has decided to retire her show after so many years. And I'm just going to say that um, I very much uh, would love to have everybody, um, you know, instead of calling in to uh, wonder why, because we want to respect the privacy of Teresa and her own reasons, um, to give some space to allow Teresa to give statement if she would like to. That's how we do it here at KBU. Our volunteers are private individuals, um, and we respect their privacy. So should we get any uh, further statements from Teresa, uh, we'll definitely let everybody know. But in the meantime, you can go onto our website at kboo.fm. And um, I've shared some thoughts and, and mainly a thank you to Teresa uh, for all her years on air here. Um, I know that some people might have some questions, so I'm here, Jenna Station Manager, to take some of your calls if you have any questions or comments or you want to just send a note of appreciation to Teresa. I ask that you call our office number, uh, which is different than that number you would call in to talk to the host. And we want to leave those phone lines open for Pear during Fight the Empire and for his callers. So if uh, you want to call and you want to talk to me right now, our office phone number is 503-231-8032. Again, that's 503-231-8032. If you don't feel like calling, but you would still like to send a message, then you can definitely email me. uh, My email address is manager at kboo.org. Again, that's manager at kboo.org. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to KBU and for supporting Press Watch over all these years. Teresa, if you're listening, we thank you so much and we hope you're doing well. And now, as uh, they say, the airwaves must go on. So let's uh, pass it on over to Pearfingering with Fight the Empire. It's August, September 7th, I mean, it's September, it's September 17th, 2020th, and you're listening to Fight the Empire. Now here's your host, Pear. 
Pear, you there? It's your time. Pear, are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Sorry about that. All right, we're good to go. All right, great. Okay. All right. Well, good morning out there in uh, smoky radio land. Uh, this would be a very good day to uh, ask... Uh, is the industrial age coming to a fiery end? I mean, these fires that are causing all this smoke are widely blamed on uh, climate change, which has been brought on by the fossil fuel economy. And if people might remember that, the fossil fuel economy was once called progress. I can re remember when the, uh, when the first freeways were built and opened up. I remember my, uh, my dad was really very happy about that. He really believed that uh, with freeways, there would be no more traffic jams. Before that, you had uh, avenues with traffic lights and everything. That's how he got from one city to another. And uh, uh, with the freeways, he thought that was all over. And I suppose it was for a while, but uh, not now. Uh, before the freeways, uh, you know, we had, uh, we, we learned in school about how Henry Ford brought us the auto age. And uh, this began a whole, new, a whole new way of life. We had drive-in restaurants and movies. We had uh, motor homes, uh, people touring the country in their motor homes. Now we find these, a uh, lot of motor homes have become uh, uh, the refuge of the homeless. Um, I suppose when you think about it, if uh, if all of a sudden you lose your job and you're being evicted, uh, a very rational choice would be to use whatever money you have to buy some kind of a, uh, a live-in vehicle, whether it's a motor home or a camper or whatever. At least you have shelter. But uh, that uh, that is sort of uh, the the bad end of progress with the the auto age. When you look about, when you think about it, the oil that's in the ground uh, took millions of years to form, but the uh, humanity has used about half of it in just 200 years, and the other half can't be used because it would destroy the environment, which is what is happening now. It's uh, so we're in this predicament where we know that that burning oil is causing the uh, uh, the weather conditions we have right now, but the our economy seems helpless to stop. You know, it's like turning a big ship around. It takes a long time before you can actually do that. Uh, so this this oil in the ground was really was uh, it was nature's uh, one-time gift, and it had a short life. You know, it, power, it powered our modern way of life, and now it's gone. And it's, uh, it can't be brought back. So we're in this situation where we will have to find substitutes or else do without. And if people uh, want to call in about that, the number to call is 503-231-8187. Uh, 
do you think that we could find substitutes for oil for all the uh, things we do, or are we going to have to uh, do without a lot of the modern conveniences that we've become very used to? Um, renewable energy means electric power, whether it's from uh, dams or from solar panels or windmills. It's uh, it's electric it's electric power, and one thing obvious thing about that is that it uh, it won't fly airplanes. There's no way that they know of yet where you can fly a commercial uh, commercial airliner on electric power, and you could say this is a uh, I suppose this is a good thing because airplanes do more to uh, uh, screw up the environment than almost anything else in the world. And probably electric power would, uh, as far as we know now, with the technology we have now, electric power will uh, will not run long distance trucks. Uh, because the batteries would take up all the room. There'd be no room for cargo. So if you switch to uh, uh, renewable electric power, you'll probably wind up with a, with a, uh, a network, uh, electrified rail network, which you have in, uh, in uh, other countries in the world. Uh, trains run on electricity. Uh, they don't run on batteries. They have... Uh, overhead wires or third rails or whatever. So you'd have an electrified rail network for uh, long-distance cargoes, and then you might have small uh, small electric trucks for local deliveries. As far as, as other uses of the uh, renewable electric power, as, as far as I can see right now, there is not enough renewable power for all the things we use now. I mean, you can uh, think about all the things that you use electricity for now. Uh, look at it this way. Suppose that uh, when you get your power bill, you get a kind of a, a graduated bill. You get the first, uh, first you get a modest amount at a very low charge, which would allow you to maybe keep your home heated or a few, uh, you know, a, a few lights on or whatever. But then, as you go up to more use, not only does the uh, cost go up, but the the, the rate, the uh, uh, the rate goes up. In other words, they charge. The more you use, the more they charge, and so. Uh, this kind of a power bill would would actually force most of us to decide what's uh, what's most important in our lives. Uh, do we uh, do we need that big entertainment center? You know, the big widescreen TV. Do we need uh, electricity to uh, do uh, work that some of us that we can do uh, do under our own power? So uh, this is where we have to actually uh, make choices. We have to prioritize. 
so since we've used up all the, we, I think we should re- repeat this again: is that in nature, nature gave us uh, uh, gave us oil as a kind of like a one time a one time gift, and it's gone. We've used it up. So we might ask, uh, where does uh, where does progress go now? Well, one of the uh, things mentioned, uh, a lot of people still have have hope for is uh, is nuclear power. Uh, supposedly, uh, you know, you you use uh, you use a modest amount of uh, of, uh, of fuel. There are uh, some technologies where uh, the nuclear reactor actually produces more fuel than it uses. I'm not so sure about that. Maybe somebody can call in uh, with information on that. The number to call is 503-231-8187. And uh, while we're at it, this is KBOO. This is your radio station, and it's... uh, we are here for you, and we hope that you will be here for us in our uh, in our uh, kind of membership drive. We are always looking for more members, and so uh, give us a call, 503-231-8187. Uh, Pierre, we actually do have a caller, uh, Linda, who would like to chime in. Okay, good morning, Linda. Good Hello. morning, Pierre. And thank you for the show this morning, and thank you for laying out the way that that oil is really just a one-time gift from the planet. I like that way of thinking it. Um, I have a lot of hope and trust in the ingenuity and the creativity of the human species, and especially in times of desperation. We seem to burst forward with solutions, and I know that the energy transfer happens every moment, every day, every time we breathe in and out, and we just need to get even better at at figuring how to transition, you know, how to move energy in our favor and store energy and that. And I think there are people who are doing that. I, I know that sounds Pollyanna-ish, but I, you know, I can remember the experiments going on with pressure, energy caused just by the pressure of your feet on panels that are under the sidewalks and could be done with uh, cars traveling under the uh, uh, under the roads. There's so many kinds of ways that we could create energy that don't immediately come out as profit making for capitalism that they never try to to make them work you know they never Mm -hmm. you know in fact they'll try to get rid of them like good good well-made roads aren't don't exist because of the you know the laws that got passed to support the asphalt industry is my understanding but i wanted to ask you a different question you know with this um with this horrendous smoke and i you know i walked 10 minutes last night with my dog and came back and I have circles that are so black under my eyes you'd think I put makeup under them and felt dizzy and sick and so you know we're facing this incredible toxic result and this isn't the first time the west coast has started burning and I think that um, one of the things that happens when we have this kind of thing is that we look at what do we value like you were just talking about you know, what would we want to put our personal energy into making happen um, when we can't use fossil fuels anymore, which we really should stop as quickly as we can. Um, and and I think that, you know, you hear people every night on the news who've just lost their homes and are clearly devastated and, you know, some look like just stunned, but they talk about, 
I've got family, but they also talk about the deep sorrow of losing what they've invested so much time in. I think there may be a way that as the climate keeps uh, taking away our homes and destroying where we live, you know, um, the East Coast, same thing. It's just with water that's happening back there. It's with fire here and water over there that maybe that will be one way that we will be willing. We, we're losing things anyway. You know, it might be appropriate to voluntarily give up some things that cost us too much energy and don't give back to the life of the planet. And so I'm thinking that <clears throat> people, <clears throat> climate catastrophes may push people a lot farther towards being willing to make the changes in their own personal lives Um you know, that they need to make one just to survive on a dying planet or a heating up crazy planet and two to try to do things that can keep that from happening again and again and again. So I guess I just wanted to throw that all in there. <laughs> well, I think yeah, you're is right. There anything you want to say? Well, I think the econ- we, we're certainly going to have to change our economy, whether it's sort of voluntary or whether it's forced upon us. Uh, actually, since the... Uh, since the oil is gone, and since, uh, uh, as far as we know now, that renewable uh, renewable energy will not do everything we hope it will do, that uh, we will be forced to make some decisions, and we hope there will be rational decisions, that we sort of get down to a, uh, a basic economy, I think, uh, um, well, and it's so toxic right now, and if we keep having huge disasters like this, you can't really, quote, build a new economy. I mean, you, you, you will do things to have the transfer of goods and, and, and services to people because we're people and we need them. We need our food. We need our farmers and stuff. But, you know, this can really put a big scotch on being able to do that and really – you know, how many days of cool have we had, for example, and, and what damage to our lungs and our brains and our noses has this just this five or, what, eight days of heavy smoke done? It, it won't be the last time. And so I think we're going to be forced into coming up with solutions in ways just that will save our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. I think, I think we're sort of uh, moving, sort of moving towards a kind of a, uh, oh, I don't know, sort of a... Uh, an agricultural economy. I think the age of industrial industrialism is over. We don't have the uh, we don't have the energy to run an industrial age, and we're sort of uh, we're moving back to uh, to a kind of an agricultural economy, which can take. A and lot at the of same time, hmm? and at the same time, Per, I wanted to say we're also moving forward in a different way non-industrial solutions to making things like, uh, you know, like the kind of printing that's going on now where they can print a whole machine, where they can print a whole rocket. Well, you um, know, and that doesn't that, take manufacturing. How is that? You know, you, you, know, you mean like 3D printing? Yes, and they really have. I saw a whole show on OPB where they were building a rocket segment for one of the rockets and the private companies are sending up. And and it, 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 it's apparently something big. I mean, you, you know, what you put into the printer to make the material. I don't understand all the ins and outs of it, but I know it's a huge advance. And I know that they're talking about quantum um, chip speeds, uh, quantum electronics. And so I think there's a way in which industrial going away should be or could be a good thing. And we have kind of reached the end of it. And we have other ways, like look how many of us just found out we didn't need to go into an office for work. 
you know, millions of people all over the world. We don't have to go back to spending our time driving back and forth in polluting vehicles to get to work. Some of us will be forced to work, and we've got to figure out ways to make that not forced and safe, you know. But mm-hmm. I just think that um, I, I believe in our ability to to create solutions. I believe that we are hamstrung by the system of imperialism and capitalism that dominates the world right now or, or moving towards fascism. So. Anyway, I just wanted to get that in, and thank you, Pear, for doing your shows and for continuing to remind us about where oil comes from and why it isn't going to last forever. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for those questions. Let's uh, sort of, you know, where do we go now? What uh, uh, I think since we're moving away into agricultural economy, we, you know, whatever happens to uh, the sort of the infrastructure, uh, the industrial uh, superstructure, you might call it, uh, we still have to eat, and uh, there are different ways of growing food. One is, uh, you know, even farming is becoming industrialized, but uh, that looks like it's finished also, where you have, uh, you know, the, the sort of the formula is that one one farmer with all his equipment uh, can feed 100 people. Uh, well, with fuel shortages... That may uh, that may not be possible. Where uh, we uh, will have a different kind of farming, uh, maybe in these big farms with a lot of uh, a lot of machinery uh, wor- working the soil, which is being depleted. You might have smaller farms uh, where uh, where you have people actually doing the work. You have a few uh, more people on the land producing the food for the rest of us. Uh, you could also have a system of permaculture where you have, uh, like, uh, food forests. I remember a while ago I saw a very interesting video of a uh, couple in, I believe, in New Zealand, and they, uh, it didn't take them all that many years, but they uh, they created their own food farm using the principles of permaculture where you had, uh, they had a lot of fruit trees, and they had uh, sort of uh, vegetables, the perennial vegetables growing, and it's like they had a, uh, a kind of, uh, they, and it, was, it did not take a whole lot of land to do this, where they had their own kind of food reserve, and they could just kind of go out and pick their, uh, pick their breakfast, uh, just like that. And so... Uh, uh, permaculture offers lots of options, so that could be the uh, that could be the way we'll be feeding ourselves in the future. Another way is uh, actually being done right now, where you look at the uh, uh, the Zapatistas in in Mexico in the state of Chiapas. Uh, they have, uh, you know, they uh, sort of back in the uh, back in the nineties they sort of touched off a rebellion against NAFTA when, the, the, in fact, the, uh, on New Year's, New Year's Day, I believe in 1994, when NAFTA came into effect, uh, the Zapatistas took over uh, several cities in, in uh, Chiapas, and they actually fought a battle with the, uh, with the armed forces. Uh, they sort of You've had since then. You've had a kind of an armed truce, 
and the Zapatistas are back in their uh, in their small towns and villages, and they have uh, they have a way a way of life, an agricultural way of life that is uh, a lot different from uh, the kind of uh, well <coughs> a lot different from the rest of Mexico. So uh, you know, life does go on. People. Uh, people's ingenuity is not limited to uh, uh, to you know the latest gadget for uh, for industrial use. Uh, our uh, ingenuity can uh, can can find its way uh, in just different kinds of uh, different kinds of social uh, social organizations, and the Zapatistas are one. They uh, they have a kind of they live in. In smaller communities, they have a they have their form of democracy. They uh, they uh, one thing they do is they they kind of don't rush into things. They uh, they deliberate. They uh, they do a lot of uh, consulting with each other uh, before they make any l- sudden changes in their way of life. And they they have been evolving now for uh, for all these years, and they are there in Chiapas. Uh, so this is one way of, uh, uh, possibly a way of the future, how it would uh, translate into the uh, uh, our own social environment. I don't know. I'd be very interested to speculate on. But I think it looks to me like uh, the time for this show is a uh, particular program is coming to an end. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Linda for calling in with her questions. And so uh, this has been uh, Fight the Empire, and we will be back uh, two weeks from now at our, uh, at our new time of 9 o'clock. And I really want to thank Teresa for her show. It's been a wonderful show. It's been one of my favorite shows on KBU. Now, she's been doing this for uh, 30 years or more. You I are believe. listening to KBOO Portland. Welcome to Sprouts, Radio from the Grassroots, a weekly program that showcases radio production by independent community media. We bring local 